the mindset really at this point is not about how do we get back to normal, right? It's, it's, it's what is the new normal and how do we adjust to it? And so I think, you know, now more than really ever, it, it's a good time to reassess how you're doing things and do you have your priorities right? And are you prepared for the future? Welcome to episode 15 of the Talent Experience Show. This is your source of what's happening right now in talent acquisition, recruitment, talent management, and HR tech. This podcast is proudly produced by the team at Phenom. Check us out at phenom.com. My name is Tom Tate. I'll be joined in just a bit by my co-host, Devin Foster. And in this episode, we are exploring the new normal for HR with two guests from Grant Thornton. These guests specialize in HR transformation, the processes, the technology, the strategy, the whole nine. And because there's so much changing right now, we were super excited to learn what's happening on the front lines. Great episode. Check it out. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to today's podcast episode. I'm very, very excited. Uh, we're, We're digging into a topic that, again, just continues to be the focal point of many of our conversations. Uh, this definitely seems to be the cornerstone, uh, and that is the impact of COVID nineteen on many, many businesses and organizations. Uh, not to mention uh, our, our our society, our personal lives. Uh, the impact has been wide, but today we really want to focus on how this has impacted HR, HR leadership, HR functions, how we work, how we keep safe how we keep our workforce engaged and productive, how we manage planning for the future. All of these topics, they've been top of mind for for us. Uh, We've been exploring them on the podcast. They've been top of mind for many organizations. And our discussion today is really going to look at how HR organizations are addressing these topics, how they're embracing transformation, um, and how they're getting prepared for the future. Right, so we're really going to focus today on the future of HR. We're going to talk about how to adapt and evolve, even in light of a lot of the uncertainty. I know that I'm not even sure what tomorrow will bring, let alone next week, let alone the following uh, months and quarters to come. Um, in many ways, uh, that can be a, a source of anxiety for 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 many, and and for those that choose to uh, keep a positive mindset and really approach it strategically, uh, it, it can be an exciting time. You know, provided we're keeping ourselves safe making the right decisions. So enough rambling from me to tackle this topic. We are super excited uh, to have a pair of gentlemen on the show. We have Jason Cutshaw and Jesse Leader. They are both from Grant Thornton. I'm going to turn it over to Jason first. Jason, welcome to the show. If you want to give a quick uh, introduction on who you are, what you do, and the elevator pitch for Grant Thornton. Sure thing. Thanks so much for having us. Really appreciate being here. Um, For those who don't know Grant Thornton, Grant Thornton is a uh, audit, tax, and advisory uh, services organization. Um, I and Jesse are both in the business consulting group in the HR transformation um, uh, space, and I happen to lead that group within Grant Thornton. Um, we look to work with organizations from HR organizations mainly through through diagnosis, process analysis, uh, service delivery technology, really broad-based solutions across um, all the HR function. Yeah, and I'll turn it over to Jesse if you want to give a quick intro for yourself. 
Yeah, thanks for, for having us. Uh, so I've been in HR now for, for 10 years, really focusing in process and technology uh, implementation and transformation. I've actually been following Jason around for a lot of that. So he's a good guy and uh, he knows his stuff. So, you know, Grant Thornton obviously, you know, has a very strong legacy um, in the industry, and we're really happy and excited to have you both to talk about this. Um, both of you have mentioned uh, HR transformation in, in the description of kind of your career journey and, and where you are today in your roles. Uh, you know, before we really jump in, I'm, I'm assuming neither of you have, have ever seen a state of transformation uh, the way that, that we're seeing it right now, right? Um, and we're just being inundated with with that word because it's the reality. You know, uh, many HR functions have been uh, forced to embrace transformation. So as consultants uh, on the front lines, having these conversations with HR teams, HR leaders, um, I'm really curious, uh, how are you understanding their situations and their needs? Uh, what are you recommending uh, as they start to really shape what what should their workforce look like today? Well, you're, you're absolutely right. You know, and, and, and just backing up, you know, HR transformation is just about having HR, you know, best organize themselves to deliver on their mission, right? What are the people and culture um, and service delivery um, components of their business? They need to be best to, to best organize themselves to deliver really. And, and, and now is unprecedented. You know, we, we, we have, we've seen change recently that, uh, you know, we just haven't seen this kind of rate of change in quite a while. You know, it's not only the pandemic, you know, we're looking at topics around racial injustice and diversity and inclusion. So, you know, HR is faced with just dealing with, I think, the day-to-day operations of a pandemic and working from home, but also understanding how they need to adapt and deliver, you know, in the future. And, you know, we we all work for an employer and, and chances are you've seen your employer maybe communicate a little more with you, um, maybe take a little different tone. That's a little more empathetic to the employer situation or, you know, there's a little more caring about your opinions and, and what's going on right now. We think that's really um, something that's broad across all HR organizations. So that's something that we, you know, we get the opportunity to speak with a lot of different um, organizations of all sizes and their HR functions and kind of learning how they're dealing with this. But I think it really the, the, the core theme of that is about, um, you know, being inclusive, being empathetic to the workforce and getting inputs from them. You know, what, 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 what do they need to be sure. uh, effective and, 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 and do their jobs best. Right. And, and, and so we've implemented a couple of tools that we do that. One is, you know, a direct survey, right? Most HR organizations maybe don't get a lot of direct feedback necessarily on some of these things, but we've implemented surveys. We can structure some of this input. Um, and, and also we have some, um, some ways to do that through kind of an idea crowdsourcing around really what organizations can be doing to best support their, their people and evolve their culture. Yeah. I'm really curious too. like, have those changed a lot over the past couple of months? Um, or are we, are we, you know, just elevating certain tools like the effectiveness survey, the idea crowdsourcing tools? Um, yeah. have you always used those or are these kind of new innovations or are they being tweaked or changed slightly, uh, given the situation? Yeah, I think Clearly, surveys have always been used, but often it's been really just leadership, maybe the HR function. But I think what you're seeing now is, you know, expanded pulse surveys and expanded surveys that go down into people managers and, and to the employee level, really asking them, like, what would you like to see? You know, what 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 makes you productive in the workplace? Um, what are your feelings about, you know, diversity and inclusion and, and racial justice? You know, and and using those to inform on their programs. And that's really expanded way beyond, I think, where it was 
you know, pre um, pre pandemic and pre some of the most the, the recent um, you know, the racial issues that we're having in the country. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, I, I remember when we talked a while back uh, when I was first introduced to, uh, to both of you, um, we were really uh, talking about this idea of a of a transformation matrix. And I, I believe when we started talking about this, this was pre COVID or just when COVID hit. Um, and I'm curious if there's any kind of, um, you know, higher level tools, uh, any assessment tools that, that you're kind of also working through just to get a, a, a real sense of how the whole uh, HR function is, 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 is operating in general. Yes, yeah, so I can, yeah. I can jump. Oh, sorry. No, no, I was just going to hand it over to you, Jesse. I think we have a kind of a broad set of tools here, one specific that Jesse will reference. But, you know, we, we start with really looking at broadly the entire function of HR and, and what its scope is, and then trying to really understanding how well organizations um, you need to evolve or how they need to evolve those areas. And sure. sorry, Jesse, stole your thunder, so I'll hand it over to you. <laughs> Not a problem. Yeah. So one of the, I mean, one of the cool tools that we're, we're using now is a capability maturity assessment. And really, like as Jason said, it, it's taking a look at, you know, HR in a broad lens. Um, so, you know, organization management, talent management, administration, and we you know, use that to kind of delve uh, deep into some of the more specific things like in talent management, succession, uh, t- talent management has uh, um, performance management, uh, recruiting. Uh, sourcing and we kind of take it and structure it in in three different columns you know we're looking at you know what kind of basic functions are related to sourcing what kind of competitive you know functions are related to sourcing and then leading and we're asking these companies you know where they see themselves today are you basic competitive leading what does that mean and where do you want to see yourself in the future Uh, and that really gives us a nice gap analysis to say you know, hey, you know, you said you're you want to have a really cutting edge leading sourcing strategy, but right now you're really you're really uh, kind of reactive to what's out there in the in the sourcing world. How do you become more proactive? How do you get out there and kind of have a, a structured uh, vendor approach for each of your different sourcing areas? Uh, and so that really kind of high that's a tool to highlight you know where we can kind of jump in and help them focus and start to really do some of this transformational and improvement initiatives. Awesome. Awesome. Now, as we discuss the, the impact of the pandemic, uh, I think the elephant in the room for everyone right now is none of us are together, right? We are all working from home. And that kind of happened with the flip of a switch. Um, now, as we make our way through the pandemic and, and we begin to return to hopefully what is a new normal, obviously there's still going to be an aspect of remote work. Uh, a lot of people are talking about you know not bringing back people who may um, have to use public trans or may have to you know access work and they have to sit in close quarters. So what challenges are HR or is HR facing and how are they addressing that? Yeah, so I mean, obviously, we'd love to be in a, a recording studio with you guys and kind of meet you in person. But you know, what we're seeing, and I think everyone sees that, is you know, a, a lot of the jobs are moving to this virtual uh, environment. We're seeing about you know one third of, of all jobs can really be done uh, remotely, and that you know probably going forward, you know, ten to twenty percent of these will really be a permanent flip to remote uh, employee access. Um, so obviously, clearly, tons of impact. You know, lots of impact on on HR. Um, but really what we're looking, you know, what we're really seeing is that, you know, we go to businesses, you know, processes are, are really not standardized uh, across all the functions. So, you know, that's great. We back when, you know, we were all, you know, kind of doing the drop by at the cubicle, that's fine. Uh, you know, we can kind of, you know, have that manual process. We can have, you know, those physical handoffs, 
Um, but now, you know, really we need to make sure that things can live and breathe in, in a virtual environment. We need to make sure that, you know, that things are, are automated, things are being supported by systems that I can stay, you know, in my, my house and complete my, my job. I can do my talent sourcing. I can do my performance management. Um, if you're working on this old premise of, of everyone being on site, you know, things break down very quickly. Um, so really what we're looking to do is just make sure, you know, what we're seeing in, in the world and, and kind of what we're making sure that we're enforcing is that, you know, processes need to be you know, digital, need to be streamlined, need to be automated. You know, HR can't work on, on that past, uh, you know, premise. And also people are starting to, you know, now look for that when they're, they're considering, you know, new work. They're looking for that kind of employer empathy. They want an employer who, you know, is willing to allow them to work virtual, is, is looking for that work-life balance. So that's something that people are now are considering as they, they move forward in their careers. And there's some some benefits to that as well, right? When we think of HR, uh, it goes hand in hand with compliance, right? You need to have documentation on a lot of things. And some of those conversations that may be had in, in person um, now are, are virtual, right? So uh, would you say it has a, a positive impact on compliance and, and record keeping? Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, I think, you know, this has been a little bit of a, a laboratory that would, would never have come around without something as extreme as COVID. Right. But we've seen, you know, that uh, things can be productive in a, in a, in a, in a, a, a virtual environment. But we've also seen a lot of gaps really in, 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 in digital solutions where, you know, they're, they've been exposed, right? And by and through implementing those, absolutely, where you know that allows for much better, um, you know, uh, documentation of processes, uh, you know, orderly, consistent processes, and 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 that's really part of the agenda analysis is recognizing that opportunity and, and and responding to it, and 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 where organizations were kind of getting by before, I think now they're seeing it's really a, a necessity to to compete and thrive is to have these solutions in place. Yeah, definitely. And I think that, you know, it's really interesting to consider uh, how much fortified certain organizations are going to be if they take the right steps now to identify those gaps and start to fill them with the right solutions, whether it's technology, whether it's with processes, uh, whether it's with uh, a specific type of employee engagement. Um, So, you know, we talked a little bit about how you can you can transform your organization even in light of needing to adjust to remote work um, and hopefully unlock some new level of productivity. So I'm curious, like, are you, are you seeing this? Um, are you seeing companies really struggle uh, with their workforce going remote? Are you seeing people uh, identifying these gaps and filling them and, and finding this productivity? I'm just kind of curious what you're seeing on the front lines here. Yeah, I think this, this is Jason. I think by and large, uh, you know, I think workforces have stepped up to the plate, right? And 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 I think organizations have probably been moderately surprised at the ability for folks to be productive, but that's kind of in the short term, right? And I think you know we we stress that HR organizations look at the long term, right? And you know, um, I think people can adapt to things very well in the short term, but you know, we've been at home since March, and and sometimes it's wearing on a lot of us, right? Sure. <laughs> yep, working yep. from home and and. And that's not really always the most productive situations for folks. So I think, you know, we, we, we see this as a very long term shift in, in the work environment. So I think organizations need to think about that and, you know, it, it, you know, think long term. You know, are you are you sourcing the right talent? You know, are you developing the talent in the right way? Are, are, do your managers know how to manage in this environment? Right. Mm-hmm. And 
And that might be a different story long term from short from short term because you need something that's sustainable. So when you see uh, organizations, HR teams kind of doing this the right way, uh, you know, we're talking about employee engagement here. Um, what, what are some of the trends and, and kind of what are some of the uh, the ways in which people are really stepping out and kind of uh, lack of a better analogy, you know, hitting a home run with this type of activity? Well, you know, there's we look broadly across the HR function, and I think sure. a lot of organizations have stepped in um, and moved quickly, and I think those will will will, will reap the benefits down the road. Um, you know, and we and I'm jumping all around here, so I apologize, but you know, one of the Not areas. Right. One of the areas that really manifests itself in being virtual is just basic customer service, right? Sure. How do you get a question answered? How do you contact uh, and, and submit a, a, an issue, right? And in a lot of organizations, they just didn't have this infrastructure in the past. They might have had on-site HR or some simple tools or were really operating through email. Um, and, you know, some of that can work. But, um, you know, we organizations, I think, have, you know, really embraced self-service. And have tools where, hey, we're virtual, so we should be able to operate virtually. Uh, and this has been a trend for a long time. This is this, this situation really just exacerbating. But you know, right. self self service is key. Uh, being able to contact HR in new ways, you know, maybe through chats, definitely through some sort of electronic submission, having a portal, knowledge repository, like just ways of doing customer service in a virtual way. I think is what people are really looking for now, and it just speaks to the commitment of the organization to. Uh, you know, being effective and efficient in this kind of environment. Yeah, one of the things that we released at Phenom just before the pandemic was a product that we call Phenom Gigs. Um, and this is what we call an internal talent marketplace, right? So this is an opportunity um, for you to really source talent from within your organization, uh, similar to, to the way that you would source gig workers outside of your organization, um, and, and we're finding this, this trend has also been exacerbated, also been accelerated, uh, where people are needing to identify those, uh, those opportunities where essential work needs to be complete. Uh, they have internal team members with the skills to do it. Uh, and they're just now starting to kind of link those two together, whereas, you know, there was a disconnect before, you know, so I'm curious, you know, Jesse, we've talked about this on a previous call, you know, are, are there other different types of technology or other different uh, activities that you're seeing uh, that are helping uh, employers uh, engage and continue to enrich that employee experience and keep them engaged and productive, uh, even in light of, you know, th the challenges that we're faced with. Yeah, I think, you know, one thing we've definitely seen, you know, with COVID and everyone being, you know, virtual is really that need uh, to kind of document skills, you know, that skills that, you know, your, your um, employers, your employees have. Um, and employees are really looking now for, for new opportunities, new projects, new jobs. So, you know, those gigs that you're talking about, they're looking for that, that they have a demand for that kind of internal awareness. Um, and so now we're really looking, you know, how, how to leverage technology, artificial intelligence to, to match these people with opportunities, you know, whether that's, you know, your internal employees looking for gigs or career advancement, or if that's candidates and kind of matching them to a, a new job or enticing them to, to kind of come to your company. So, uh, really, you know, people are, are looking for, you know, that, that new way to, to source. Um, and so really that kind of is being hinged on, on some type of technology to be able to, again, document those skills, those behaviors that are desired and that you, you have so that you can then, you know, be your own, you know, kind of marketing team and kind of broadcast those opportunities that you're looking for. 
I think, you know, in the past, you know, we again had that kind of face to face where you could kind of go and kind of, you know, do that exploration. It's kind of been, you know, harder now that we've, we've moved away from that and people are virtual. So just really giving them that, that tool, um, or that way to facilitate, you know, this, this exchange of opportunities. So when we, we talk about HR and, and skills and, and all of those wonderful things, we, we also have to talk about talent. Right. Um, and I saw something on Twitter the other day that, that jumped out on me, this terminology that, that feels like we've been using it for 20 plus years and the war on talent. Right. Um, I, for one, do not want that to be a hundred year war. Uh, and with this, you know, kind of change in in the, the pandemic in the world as a whole, I think we're all under the realization that hard to fill positions will, will always be hard to fill. But in the current environment, how have talent processes changed, right? How are we still looking at it as a war on talent or is, is it beginning to shift? Yeah, I definitely think, you know, it always will be a, a war on, on talent. I mean, 2020 war on, on talent, but, uh, you know, we're thinking, Hey, you know, unemployment's up. There must be this huge surplus of, of talent in the marketplace. It'll be easy for me to find new talent, you know, kind of to, to, to comb out and, you know, um, pull in, you know, these high potential employees that are kind of sitting out there waiting. Uh, but that's not really, you know, the, the case. Uh, unemployment is up, but, you know, that talent surplus, it, it's not there. Uh, you're saying these hard, hard to fill positions are still really hard to fill. Um, so that really then impacts the way we, we do sourcing. Uh, it's, you know, really, you know, no more, it's not this kind of passive, you know, sourcing relationship. Uh, employees are really, they'll wait and kind of, they're looking for that right fit and that different kind of employer relationship. If, if something doesn't match, if they're looking for nine out of 10 things and they only get eight, you know, they're not going to move forward with it. Um, so they want someone really who's empathetic, who understands the current environment. They're really, you know, I think in the past, people were looking at, at pay as kind of that, that number one determining factor. Now people want someone, you know, an employer who kind of shows commitment uh, to engaging and finding that right candidate, understands, you know, kind of that, that the current circumstances and that health and safety really comes first at, at this moment. Obviously, pay will never go away, but it, it's probably no longer, you know, first. And as we, we talk about talent and finding that, that perfect match, um, obviously, if you, you work so hard to get someone in the door, um, you want to keep them there for, for a long time. Um, in the, the 50s, 60s, and 70s, I remember, I don't remember, I wasn't there, but there was always <laughs> that terminology of uh, you know a company man or a company woman who kind of stayed at, at companies for long spells of time until retirement. Uh, with this change, do you think organizations may make a shift towards that in the sense where they've invested so much in finding that perfect candidate, they're not willing to let them go and they need to, you know, bump up their employee experience a little bit more. Oh, so, you know, certainly, um, you know, like we're saying, you know, people, you know, they want to stay at, you know, companies, they want to kind of be that, that company man, that, that company woman. Um, but they, you know, and, and the employers are responding to that. Obviously, there's, you know, huge cost benefits for, for keeping employees around. So employees, employers are really looking for that way to engage, reward and motivate their, their people. Um, so it definitely is a, is a hot button issue right now, you know, kind of doing lots of, you know, pulse surveys and things of that nature to say, hey, how do you engage and retain your people? You know, what are they looking for? Because every culture is different. I mean, there can be some 
similarities drawn across the, the different areas. But every kind of culture is different. They all look for a different thing. But with you know COVID, you know, as we've been talking about, you know, people are really putting their family first, their health first, their safety. Uh, so a, a company who responds to those kind of three elements is, is going to win out and kind of retain these long-term employees. And then obviously they want to be developed. Um, you can't just you know give them that annual performance rating and kind of give them you know that that high five. They want to kind of know the companies investing in them. They want to see growth. So it, it's a lot of things out there that are, are changing from from the past. You know, I think a lot of this too is going to really be dependent on how organizations respond. You know, and like even in light of employees wanting to stay uh, at a specific company. Um, I think that a lot of it is just going to be so dependent on uh, how, how they're treated. You know, how, how are organizations handling uh, the pandemic? How are organizations adapting, adjusting? Um, even if they had to uh, do layoffs and furloughs, how are they communicating that to their employees that they didn't have to lay off or furlough, right? So that they can continue to maintain a positive employer brand, maintain positive relationships with their uh, employees. Uh, because I do think one of the interesting side products of, of the pandemic is for those that do stay with their, the company that they started the pandemic with, as if they stay with that company, um, they're going to have a shared fate. Uh, and, and, you know, they're going to have this experience of being in the trenches, um, having gone through it, um, having worked really hard to keep that company profitable and worked really hard to stay efficient and keep the team productive. So I, I'm curious, uh, and, you know, I'll turn this over to, to Jason, you know, I'm curious if you know, are, are there any interesting uh, tools or tactics or strategies or, or even just mindsets that you're seeing HR functions and HR teams adopt uh, to really try to make sure that that employee experience is a positive one, even through these challenges? Yeah, I mean, you, you mentioned being in the trenches and having a shared experience. I think, you know, um, employees are sacrificing. They want to see their organization, you know, sacrifice and show creativity and show... Sure productivity with them as well because in the tail end of this if employees think that, that they're the ones that really bore the brunt of of this and, and their organization didn't adapt then you might see a lot of movement you know in the, in the short term people are just sort of maybe concerned and and maybe a little are moving a little bit less in the short term but who knows three six you know months to 12 months from now um how organizations address this now can have a big impact on their workforce but uh you know organizations that succeed you know are are being flexible like they're you know, they're they're giving, you know, they're understanding the stresses of the situation, giving some some days off to the workforce. They're getting more creative around job sharing, flexible work arrangements, um, you know, you name it um, to make this, uh, you know, a better experience now and also just meet their general workforce needs. And that's a lot what I what I look at is is hey, the workforce plan that, that organizations had at the end of 2019 is out the door. Right. Uh, how are you engaging with your 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 worker staff, meaning your your, your employees, your contingent sure. workers and filling the skills you need to to, to fill? And that's maybe a, a, a big a big shift for many organizations. And they have to really think creatively about about how to do that. Yeah. And you mentioned, too, like looking into the future, right, three, six, 12 months. Um, I've I've been very curious about this, you know, when you're planning for the future um, at that, that high level, how far should a company be looking into the future, you know, specific to, to HR, whether it's, um, you know, organizational staffing, you know, is it feasible to consider like a, a one year or two year plan 
uh, or should they be looking at the shorter term, uh, given your experience with, you know, conversations? Yeah, complex question. I think we help organizations look at both, right? I think there's a realities around uh, prioritization and budget right now. And I think there's a lot of opportunities that organizations can take advantage of, but but what's going to give them the, the most impact and the most competitive advantage in the short and long term? And I think that gets back to some of our capability assessment is that having just having that dialogue uh, can really help organizations understand where to best spend their funds. And um, and it's not the same story, you know, for each sure. organization, depending upon kind of what their workforce is. But I think, um, you know, we, we've we've been very short term up to this point. We've had to um, because of just dealing with the evolving situation with the pandemic and just continuity and workforce uh, that will continue. I think it'll be a little bit of a roller coaster. But I think now's, you know, we've had enough of, uh, of an idea that this will last. And I think it's time for, uh, you know, organizations to really be able to think uh, long term about how this will change and, and how it will impact their workforce for a long time. We don't see really the environment we have now going away um, for quite some time. Yeah. So we're coming up on 30 minutes. Uh, we covered a huge breadth of, of content here, a lot of different topics, uh, a lot of the challenges that HR functions are experiencing across the board. Uh, but before we wrap things up, you know, super curious if you have any, any final thoughts, any final words uh, for any HR professionals who are listening today. Maybe I'll just do a quick one, uh, and it's really, you know, we, we, we touched upon it a little bit, but, you know, the mindset really at this point is not about how do we get back to normal, right? It's it's, sure. it's what is the new normal and how do we adjust to it? And so I think, you know, now more than really ever, it, it's a good time to reassess how you're doing things and do you have your priorities right and are you prepared for the future? So during this unprecedented time, um, there comes a time when you need to decide to, to go it alone uh, or if you shouldn't or even can't. And I know this applies to me in my personal life when it comes to something as simple as going to the grocery store. With the new traffic patterns, I'm constantly having my girlfriend run down the aisle to grab something so I can man the cart at the end. Uh, but when we think about uh, you know going it alone and if a company can, shouldn't, or can't, um, how do they know when should they know to reach out to a company like Grant Thornton and, and how does that relationship start exactly? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think there's such a diversity of experience right now. And um, fortunately, you know, Grant Thornton are in a great position of just hearing a lot of stories from a lot of different companies, right? Well, what are they addressing? How are they addressing it? Uh, what are they experiencing? And I think we can leverage a lot of those ideas uh, and bring them back to organization. So I'll plug for ourselves, but I think now more than ever is a good time to get um, to get some 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 third party help and really understanding what's happening out there and how to best apply that uh, to your organization. Awesome. Yeah. And, and we'll make sure that, that we have uh, links in our show notes so that people know how to reach out to you um, and how to uh, stay in touch. If they want to continue this conversation, uh, we'll make sure that it's super easy to do. Uh, but uh, our, our time is coming to an end. Uh, so I want to start to wrap things up. I really appreciate uh, all the insight and information that you guys brought today. Really appreciate it. And uh, we hope to continue this, this conversation with you as well. Uh, we know that things will continue to change. Um, so I'm, I'm, I've been mentioning to all of our guests on the Talent Experience show uh, that, you know, because things are going to change so much over the next six to 12 months, uh, we'd be happy to have you back at any point and you can give us the update on how things are changing, what you're seeing on the front lines. But again, I really want to just say uh, thank you so much for, for joining us. 
Our pleasure. Thanks again. Uh, like you said, reach out to us on LinkedIn um, or email jason.cutchall at us.gt.com or jesse.leader at us.gt.com. Happy to, happy to speak with you. And that's leader without the A. Uh, Jesse uh, <laughs> brought me up to speed, right? So L-E-D-E-R. Uh, and again, we'll have all the, the information in the show notes for this episode. Uh, if, you're, if you're listening, I want to thank you so much for listening, for tuning in today. Thank you for your time and attention. Thanks for joining us on the Talent Experience Show. You can head on over to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Play. Wherever you listen to podcasts, hit subscribe so you get notified each week. Always happy to hear your feedback too. Feel free to jump on over to uh, Apple Podcasts. Leave us a kind rating or review. It doesn't have to be five stars. A review really just helps us uh, continue to improve the show. Uh, And of course, uh, I would be uh, remiss to not mention that uh, we've been doing live streaming. So you can follow us on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. I'll have the links in the show notes for that as well. Uh, We're hosting a weekly live stream at 12 p.m. Eastern each week. Uh, Devin and uh, our colleague Natalie McKnight are hosting that show. So we hope to see you uh, in a future stream. They've been super fun, super interactive. Uh, But without uh, further ado, uh, we'll wrap up this episode. Thanks again for tuning in. We'll catch you on the next one. Thanks. Thanks.